beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. everybody this is Nubia and I'm Francis we are your dynamic duo of Chronicles Abroad as always our goal is to inspire you to travel with passion and purpose now let's get on with the show hey everybody what's going on this is Nubia and I'm Francis and we want to welcome you back to Chronicles Abroad we have a great episode for you today we have blogger by day, physician by night, Dr. Nadine White. She is the creator, editor, and writer for the Sophisticated Life blog. And man, when I tell you, this woman travels around the world sipping on the finest wines mm-hmm. and eating the best <laughs> delicacies. <laughs> so I am so thankful for having you here today. Nadine, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Yes, thank you for taking time out. Now, I've been following you for a number of years, actually. Right. So I'm like really happy to finally get to talk to you and have you like face to face, you know. Yes. I noticed on our Facebook messaging, it was like a few years ago that we first connected like online. So, yeah, this is cool to actually kind of meet <laughs> through the podcast. The beauty of the internet, you know, it's yes. such a beautiful thing when you can connect to people. And yes. sometimes, you know, you have people in your cipher that been around for years that you never really get to meet until the universe makes it happen. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take so, it. Oh, I was going to say, let's take it back a little bit because a lot of magnificent, beautiful things have been happening for you since uh, you know, just transitioning to this travel sphere. Let's talk about like how you got started into travel. You know, what was right. that? Give us a little, little better background. Yes. So my, my parents are Jamaican immigrants. They came to the U.S. in the 70s, um, actually late 60s. I was born here in the U.S. in 71. And then um, I lived in Jamaica, actually, for the first 10 years of my life and then came back to the U.S. permanently. So I kind of went back and forth between Jamaica, the U.S., New York and Florida specifically for the first 10 years of my life. So travel has always been a part of my life. I think I my first flight was at six months, according to my family. Um, so I don't remember not being on the plane with my family and not traveling. But what was great was a great aunt and uncle that came to the U.S. in the 60s opened a travel agency. And my mother worked actually at a hospital in Manhattan, but kind of worked for them also on the side and was able to travel with them all over the world. And this is when travel agents were being, you know, like top notch everything, traveling all over the world, um, going to convention. So I grew up seeing my mother do that. So every year she would go to some place that now is popular. But back then you're like, well, why are you going there? Like she was going to Budapest back in the 80s, you know. And so she would come back with all these stories and all these great gifts. And it just really inspired me to want to see and learn. She was very into learning about different cultures. She spoke four languages. She was like literally the smartest person. I She passed away, but she's literally still the smartest person I know. So that was really my inspiration. I would sit there and I would get these dolls that she would bring back from different countries. And I just wanted to go and see for myself. And unfortunately, she passed away in 2011. But 
I've kind of carried on that legacy. I still haven't been to all the places she's been to. But when I do get to somewhere she's been to and she talked to me about, I get really excited about it and say, Mom, you know, I made it. So, yeah, she was definitely my inspiration. And so in the beginning, I didn't get to travel much because I was training. I was in college, med school, residency. But starting in my 30s, my commitment was at least one new place every year. And that started out just like in the US and Caribbean. And then I expanded that and started going to Europe and was able to go to Africa. And so it's just kind of gone full speed (laughs) since I've had the means both, you know, time off from work and um, the money to do it, basically. So yeah, so that's how I I got started. Thank you. I love it. That's a beautiful story, by the way. Oh, thank you. And I'm glad that you shared that because not many of us people of color have that story Mm -hmm. to share, right? Right. A a lot of times our parents or relatives don't really venture out as much as you are correct. They wanted to maybe. But what I will take away from this, and I have to say this, is you are a physician, wife, uh, mother, a blogger, and you still find time to travel. Do you know how many times people... How she do it, y'all? I'm saying, because people hit us up all the time, like, oh, if I find time... I'm like, you have the time. You utilize time the way you want to. You are absolutely correct. Now, I will say previous jobs that I have, I've worked, I do hospital medicine. So I work shifts, I work 12 hour night shifts, um, about maybe 10 a month. And so my that's been since I moved to Atlanta for about like six and a half years. Prior to that, I was a hospitalist in Florida. Prior to that, because I've been practicing medicine now over 20 years, I was in traditional private practice, Monday through Friday, every other weekend, evenings, rounding at hospitals. I didn't get to travel as much. I got three to four weeks vacation a year, which I think when I got up to four weeks, I was ecstatic, you know? And so when I was working like that, the first like seven years or so out of residency, that's what I was going to mostly US locations in the Caribbean because it's hard to go somewhere far for Friday through Sunday, you know, if you have a weekend off. Um, but you don't have to go too far, though. I, I love the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. Oh, Caribbean. absolutely. Right. And I definitely made use of the times that I did have off, even if it was for short trips. And I do encourage people, just travel, period. Go wherever you need to go just to feel like you've gotten away. But it was, I made a lifestyle change. I made a career change and I decided this was a priority for me and I needed to find something that would allow me more time off for me more time off to travel, pursue other interests, because my whole life had been medicine. I mean, I went to medical school at 21 when I graduated college. I just, I needed something different and I wanted to explore my creative side. So yeah, so I made a choice. Not everybody, if you talk to a lot of doctors, they would not want to work nights. (laughs) They would not want to work 12 hour shifts. I even had a job where I worked 24 hours in the hospital. I did 24 hour shifts, but then I would get the time off to do what I wanted to do. So you do have to make that kind of, if you have like a full-time career, you do have to make that decision as to what is going to work best for you. And allow you the time to do the other things that you love to do. So for me, it's worked out great. I don't even really use vacation to travel because I just have that much time off every month that I can do the things I want to do. So that's how I do it from a career standpoint. In terms of Thank goodness my husband has kind of adapted and now will travel with me. I'm not going to say he likes to travel as much as I do. Um, Last year was really crazy. I was traveling about like twice a month and he was getting a little bit tired of that. But in general, he likes to go uh, travel also. And I also travel by myself. I travel with friends and family. Um, I love solo travel still, even though I'm married. And so I do at least one solo trip every year. So that has also worked out in terms of the marriage aspect. My stepsons are in college now, so they still spend holidays and summers with us, but they're 
basically like men <laughs> at this point. So yeah, it's definitely a juggling act. The blog takes up a lot of my time. And as you guys know, it's not even just like writing the blog, it's the social media, it's the technical aspects. And that has definitely become like a second job over the uh, past few years, but it's opened up a lot of great opportunities. You know, I've been able to go places and do things I never dreamed possible when I first just started writing stories, you know, for family and friends as to what I was doing. Um, and I realized the, not just opportunities from it in terms of working with brands and sponsors and things like that, but just people not realizing like it's not that hard, honestly, to get to these places. But and it's, it's not, not that easy. Really. <laughs> yeah, and it's not that easy, but I feel like I like to let people in on the place so they kind of have like, oh, I didn't know it was like that or I didn't know that it costs like Thailand, you know, people are like, really? That's what it costs there? It's that cheap? Yeah, it's that cheap. It may not be cheap to get there, but once you get there, you're going to spend a lot less than you're going to spend in Napa Valley. So I started realizing how much information I could share with people to kind of get them inspired and get them to those places. And nothing makes me feel better than when somebody messages me or emails me and is like, oh, I used your travel guide and I went to South Africa and it was amazing. And I recommend tour companies. And so that has been really, really fulfilling for me as I've been doing this. So yeah. It's a great way to meet people as well, yeah. to connect with a whole yeah. nother, you know, community of people all around the world. Yeah. But I think people's misconception is, oh, I can just blog and that's it. It's there is <laughs> not as simple as just writing a story and posting it. There's so much that comes involved with it. And um, I have to say this, right? So a girlfriend of mine just said, newbie, I want to ask you a question. I said, what's up? She's like, what do you like to do for fun? that doesn't involve work. Mm. So I was like, girl, I travel. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, travel is work for me because mm. I do mm. share those stories, because I do write about it, because I do talk about it, because I do build connections with vendors and relationships with, you know, so at the end of the day, it was no longer about mm. just having fun. It okay. really does turn into a full-time job sometimes. Right. We had this interview with Rachel Hill, you know, Rachel Travels, and she had said the same thing. Traveling stopped being fun mm -hmm. after a few years because of the amount of work that goes yeah, into sure. blogging and being responsible to share the story with other people and how you share the story. So... I think for me, what's been a benefit, it's not my full-time job. It's not the primary way that I make my income, which is great, to be honest with you. And I don't know if I'd ever really want it to be because I do have that freedom to step back. When it becomes too much, I step back. If I there's certain trips I go on, I was just on a Southern Caribbean cruise with my husband, and I actually didn't get the Wi-Fi package. He got it, so we could still connect with people. But I really wanted to be a way for me to unplug and just relax. And I have started sharing information on it, but it wasn't like work to me. It wasn't like I had to take notes on every single thing. Like whenever I was inspired by during the trip is what I'll share with people. And so, yeah, if I go on sponsor trips, press trips, those are definitely work. If I know if I'm working with a hotel while I'm traveling, that's definitely work. Uh, but I do take trips that are just for me. 
and just for me and my husband where that's not involved. And so, yeah, I, people really don't realize how much is involved when you are doing it full time and when you're doing it to really like partner with people and share that information. So yeah, I'm, I'm lucky in that respect. I mean, hopefully one day it'll be a full time um, travel career when I'm semi-retired, but for now I'm fortunate because I can kind of step back once in a while and just do the parts of it that I really love. So I'm curious, I mean, when you, because one of the things that you said was that it became, travel became a value for you. And yes. I believe that for a lot of folks who struggle or straddle the fence about traveling or living abroad, mm. it hasn't been a, a value for them. So when something becomes mm. a value for you, you are more intentional yes. about the way that you live your life. And so yes. when you did that, things started to shift. So in, in yes. regards to the brand that you built, when did you realize like, wow, this could be a real thing? You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources, and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, honestly, it's crazy because when I started my blog, I never even really knew that term, to be honest with you. I started what I thought was like a website that was going to be like a, a magazine style. And my friends and I would share information about because, you know, we were traveling, going to museums, going to um, jazz festivals, we were doing all these interesting things. And I thought, well, this would be great to share this with other people, share the information about what's out there. And so that's how it started. And then a couple friends that I met online were like, oh, you know, we love your blog. And I was like, okay. And literally I was added to blogging groups on Facebook and that's when I learned. And this was back in like 2012, 2013. And I started learning about the technical aspects, about the networking aspects and about like joining different influencer marketing groups to kind of work with brands and start getting paid. Because at that point I was just using all of my own money to host the website, to pay technicians to manage things on the website. And so uh, I remember in the groups, people would say to me, I was like, oh, this is just like for fun. This is just a hobby. And they're like, your hobby is about to get really expensive if you don't find a way to have some income coming in from it. And so little by little, I was like, oh, and then I saw that people were getting opportunities for, and I hate to say free travel, because again, it's not really, it's not free because it's your time, it's your energy, it's your work when you get back to produce the information. But I started to see those opportunities pop up. And I thought, well, if these are places I would go and spend my own money anyway, and somebody's going to offer for me to come. And so it was honestly through blogging groups that I was in in Facebook that I started to realize what could become of it. And I didn't specifically set out to build a brand, quote unquote. Um, I remember being, you know, you guys remember you know, Marie Denny, Curvy Fashionista. So I was at a meetup with her in Atlanta. She had just moved here. And she's like, Nadine, you know, you're sitting on the gold mine. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, how many black luxury travel bloggers are there? How many people are out there, you know, our color that are talking about luxury food, wine? I had never branded myself before that as a luxury blogger because I was just blogging about the things that I love to do. And she was like, no, no, there's not a lot of that you need to like brand. So it was like advice like that going along the way that I kind of tuned in and honed in and what people, what I really love to write about and talk about and what people really were responding to. Because initially it was like travel, food, wine, art, culture, you know, there was like a long list of uh, (laughs) subtopics. And then I was like, and it was like a lifestyle blog, which was true because I was talking about my lifestyle and the things that I love to do. But primarily it was travel. Everything that I did 
was related to while I was traveling. Yeah. And so that's kind of how my I built my brand and kind of honed in on my website and blog. And it's been great. Well, it's great that you were talking about that because my question had to do with how did you find your niche, right? Mm -hmm. Because your niche is unique. There aren't many of women of color that are in the luxury Uh, bucket. So it's a great niche to be in. So was it just like you said, you were traveling just for fun and you realized that, you know, you like the finer things in life. So you were just sharing those things. But the thing about it is you share it on an affordable scale though, Mm, mm -hmm. affordable. So it's a little bit different than just like ball out, you know, (laughs) (laughs) YOLO. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not staying in hostels or budget, you know, I'm not a backpacker. So, but I'm also not staying at the Four Seasons and the Ritz every time I travel. So yes, I do like to stay in nice hotels. I've always followed different chefs. I've always been to food and wine festivals. I mean, I, I can't even remember not attending them. Wherever I'm living locally, I always went to those. So I was always loved wine. So it kind of just grew naturally out of the things I, I do. And like I said, I never really thought of those topics as luxury until people started putting that, you know, associating that with the things I was writing about. So yeah, it really was just a natural thing. I don't always eat at Michelin star restaurants, but I may eat at a restaurant with a Michelin star chef. So you I know, love me things a Michelin like star that. restaurant. Yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and not all Michelin star restaurants will break the bank. Like when I went to Macau, because a lot of Michelin star restaurants are in Macau and in Hong Kong. And, you know, so I was like, I sought a couple out and I ate lunch. Right. People don't understand. You don't always have to have like a, a 10 course dinner. You can have lunch and lunch is like half of the cost of dinner. But you still ate at a Michelin star restaurant. You still had that chef's food. So there are little curved ways of going around it. But I yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. If you look at one of my first first post was about the James Beard Foundation and the awards and because again I used to follow that even before I started blogging and that's actually I think maybe the second blog post I wrote and um, in terms of the different chefs and who won the different awards and so I've just oh I'm not really sure why but I've always kind of been interested in that and so people would respond to that and be like oh I haven't heard of that or I haven't you know well I'm going to Chicago where should I eat or you know and they would just kind of start asking me those questions and then I would turn those into a blog post you know like where should you eat in this city or that city and I collaborated with a lot of bloggers when I first started also which was great Um, I did a couple of series with other travel bloggers and that was another way to network and kind of just you know push my brand ahead yeah so now I mean it's literally like I write about the things I do that I I love and I hope people enjoy them. I write a lot of destination guides. So again, I think it's great when you have, you know, a month to spend in a destination and slow travel is really great now, or if you can obviously live abroad. But I think my blog works really well for working professionals that have the one to two weeks off. And no, you don't want to go every day be at a different tourist attraction, but you still want to know like, okay, I'm going to Bangkok. What should I kind of do and see there? What's off the beaten path, but what's also like on the beaten path that I shouldn't miss. And so I kind of tell people things to do and see, give them options of places to stay, where to eat, where the locals like, what tours that I enjoyed. And so people really, really respond to those. And I actually made those into an ebook last year. Um, I created three ebooks, two were based on my most popular blog posts. And I wrote a new one, just a USA wine guide for travelers. Because again, I think that kind of felt, you know, I'll talk to people and say, Oh, you're going to Oregon, you know, you should try Pinot Noir. And they're like, what? 
you know, they're used to maybe drinking the same wine, no matter where they are. And I'm like, well, no, if you're in these certain areas, there's things that you can try and you may like, and some people are open to that. And so I decided to kind of write just a little ebook about um, the different major wine regions in the U.S. and um, what people should try when they go to those areas. So and now you was able to add author to you. Yes, yeah, I'm like, what else haven't you done, baby? What haven't you done? I mean, you see how this, it just keeps going. And, right. the, and the crazy thing about it is you're not doing it on purpose. You're just doing it because it's something that you enjoy doing. And there's so many ways to just expand yourself, your brands and all of that by just doing what you love. You know, it's crazy. Last night, I literally was invited to a wine tasting, right? And a friend of mine said, oh, join me for a wine tasting with my job. And I'm like, your job? I'm like, girl, you you work online. You're virtual. <laughs> You're a virtual employee. She was like, yeah, well, there's a woman on my job who's a sommelier and she listed four wines, two white, two red for us to purchase. And then we're all joining Zoom. That is cool. Oh, that is cool. See, I never would think to do that. That's so, so, <laughs> she, she came over to my house with a bottle of wine. I cracked open the bottle. We, we, you know, did the swirl. We did the scents. We looked at the arms. We did, all, I mean, the legs and all of that stuff. Like, got, you know, asked questions. And I cooked some cauliflower wings. And she had some, you know, we had chocolate cheese. Cauliflower and- wings. They're good. Yeah, I love <laughs> That's why I did that thing. I was like, where's my plate? <laughs> but oh, that I is great how freaking creative is that so creative i love it i love it and i do it's like again things keep getting added because getting my wine certification this year i'm actually looking into the different wine certifications to do that so yeah that is a really cool idea there is so much especially that you can do online like you said that like you can reach so many people so no that's a great idea hopefully you enjoyed the wine <laughs> The whole experience was awesome because, you know, these are people I've never met, right? And she's sharing her knowledge just to her co-workers for free. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, we all left more knowledgeable about wine. It was more or less we were able to ask questions directly to a um, sommelier, you know, and they have extensive knowledge on wine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you don't have that opportunity all the time to have that one-on-one with one. You don't know one. And I actually, because um, I added speaker also to my resume last year, and I spoke at Audacity Fest, and I was on both a medical panel, which was, this is great, because it was like my two passions in one place. So I started out the day on one of the first panels, and then moderated the culinary travel panel, and so we had a sommelier and a chef, and uh, two chefs actually in the sommelier, and so I moderated that, and then later in the day, I was on the travel 911 panel with three other physicians talking about medical emergencies and things to look out for to stay healthy while traveling. And so that was just great because it was like both things that I do full time right here in one space. And I have to say, I was terrified. That was my first time like doing public speaking, except for medical school where we do, you know, presentations, grand rounds. But since I started this whole blogging process, I had been, I kept telling people, no, I don't need to speak. I write, you know, I don't need to do you know, apply to speak anywhere. And I actually really enjoyed it. So now it's something that I've opened myself up to that if that opportunity comes up again, that I would like to speak because I am chatty. (laughs) 
And I realized you reach different people when you're like speaking about a topic. And that's why last night I mentioned to you guys, I did a Facebook live on coronavirus because people have been messaging me, emailing me, asking me questions about it. Should I still travel to Asia? What's going on? Da, da, da. Um, I've even had someone ask me, can, if I get it, swim in the beach, can I get it that way? And so I was been working on a blog post on it. I said, but you know what, let me do the Facebook live because we can ask questions right then and there, even after the broadcast and really like show people and explain people verbally, like, okay, this is what's going on now. And I, again, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I think I'm going to start doing some more Facebook live to connect to people who may not want to sit there and read through a 2000 word blog post. Exactly. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm still constantly learning and evolving and yeah being more open you know to more opportunities as things come up so but there's so many avenues right because there's blogging and then there's blogging and there's yes. also you know you have your ig stories your facebook yes. lives your ig lives the ig tv yes. i mean there's <laughs> so it's so many avenues and the opportunities are endless right yes. and it's about going out and reaching the audience that you're looking for. So my thing is nothing's ever perfect. Well, Francis, what's the, what, what do you say all the time? Well, I got this from Danielle Leslie, but done is better than perfect. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. We thank you for your support. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Now back to the show. I like it. Okay. Yeah, because I think we kind of hold ourselves back sometimes because I'm like, oh. Yeah. You want to yeah. know how long Chronicles Abroad was stirring before we finally was like, look, we better do something Let's or we ain't never going to do it. Because it was like analysis paralysis. We did yes. all this research and oh my God, read yes. this link and look at this and watch this video and oh, read this Absolutely. book. And we went on for months doing that. And then finally it was like, we got to do it. <laughs> Yeah, because a lot that a lot of people have been asking me to, and you probably see, and there's a lot of people now doing group trips, and a lot of people have been asking me, my followers and friends, like, and I do them anyway. This is funny because I'm the person in my family that plans everything. I'm the one among my friends that's always putting group trips together. Last um, January, we went on the Oprah's Girls Getaway Cruise, and this is before I became O Ambassador, and so I had 14 of my girlfriends with me for that Girls Getaway Cruise. I organized the whole thing. I'm fortunate in that if I send out a text or email to my close friends and family like book this don't ask any questions we're going to this just book take they'll do it and so I've that's the other thing I've thought about doing but in looking into that like you said the analysis paralysis I'm afraid people are sign up is it going to be too expensive is it this is it it's that and and yeah, no, exactly. And I have friends who just started and telling me that and I'm like, Oh, I don't need the extra stress. And it's, it's hard to like, pull the trigger on certain things, because you're afraid of failure. But I also want to make sure whatever I do feels right for me feels right for my brand. And then I'm not just jumping on a bandwagon. I've never exactly. been that person to just be like, Oh, everybody's doing it. Like t shirt line, everybody's doing cups, everybody's doing group trips, I need to just do that. I've never been that kind of person. I've just even with the speaking, I finally yeah. just did it because it felt like the right time and I was going to be with people that I really liked and admired and so I saw it as a great opportunity so we'll see like you said there's, there's so many different avenues and I'm taking things on as I go to, and see what feels right but people can expect a lot more from me I would say in the next well, year too. <laughs> you keep giving us segues girl okay uh, so <laughs> what do you guys think <laughs> no, go ahead Francis hit it 
it. No, because I just wanted to highlight because you said you didn't want to add any more things on because of the stress. And because you are juggling a lot of different things, you know, I'm curious to know, like, how do you take care of yourself? Because when we did speak, you mentioned Rachel earlier, when you did speak to Rachel, she, you know, she burned herself out. And it is possible in this travel world to burn yourself out as well. So how do you take care of yourself in the midst of everything that you're engaged in right now? Right. I have to kind of schedule rest time. And my husband laughs at me about that because I'll have four days off in a row where I'm not doing any shifts at work, but I'm not sitting still, you know, cause I'm up doing podcasts or <laughs> I'm doing Facebook live or I'm writing a blog post. So I do find that like at least once a week I have to schedule where, okay, I don't have any appointments in the morning. I'll sleep in. I do love going to the spa and there's great ones here in Atlanta. So I will do that. I'll work out. And during this past season, honestly, I'm kind of behind with some of my blog posts because it's award season and I'm very into that. So like for the Oscars, I was watching tons of the the nominated movies. And so that to me is also relaxing. I may not watch a lot of TV, but I love, love like Parasite. Did you guys watch that yet? That won the best. Oh, it's. But you know what idea came yeah. to mind though? You can go to Cannes, Cannes Film oh, Festival. No, and, and I've been there, but not for the film festival. Yes. yes. You can bring yeah. those two together. Right. You can I'll let me know when you go and I'll meet you there. there. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is on my bucket list. Don't play. That is definitely on my bucket list. So those are the kind of things that I usually do. I'm a like cannot wait for it to be warm again because I do a lot of outside things. So I'll go bike riding, walking on the belt line. I do spend a lot of time with friends. We usually do our Galentine's dinner. This is the third year in a row I'm doing that. And I do a book club also. How could I forget that? I run a book club. <laughs> and where? How? How sweet. I mean, there's only what so many hours in a day. I don't understand. So blogger by day, physician by night. But in between, I set up friends and I book club. And I'm an sometimes I do speaking And I'm an O ambassador. That's what I want to get to. Yeah. Girlfriend, I am so proud of you. Thank you. So much. Thank that you. is a huge Auntie Oprah is everybody's like I know. How how does one land an O ambassador role? I, I mean, this is awesome. So let's talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So last year, like I mentioned, I went on the, oh, it was Oprah magazine and Oprah that did the Girls Getaway Cruise on Holland America. So I went on that with my girlfriends and I had actually not really, I've always had the magazine, but I had not really paid attention to the fact that they had a brand ambassadors, but they were on the cruise. And so I was on Facebook, I saw one or two friends that were mentioning that and on the cruise, I was able to meet one and I was like, oh, so what do you guys do? What is it like? And I was like, well, that's everything I love, you know, in terms of representing the magazine. And I love how inspiring they are. And they talk about things like self-care and, of course, a book club. And when I got back home, I decided to apply. So you apply online. They only pick ambassadors, though, once a year in December. So I came back from that cruise end of January, early February. I think I applied in February. It was a pretty extensive application. But, of course, I realized I would have to wait till December to find out if I even got it or not. So I went along my way and I sometimes would forget about it. And then I would see something or I'd get the magazine in the mail and be like, oh, 
I hope, I hope, I hope. There's not many of us. I think there's about maybe 60, 70. And so once a year, they pick a few people to join the group. And I started screaming when I got that email, just like a random day in December, like, welcome, we'd love to have you as a brand ambassador. And so what it entails is working with the magazine, obviously, writing for the magazine, working with the brands that they represent and that they feature. It's been a month. Yeah, it's only been a month and a half. So I'm really looking forward to seeing there's opportunities that have already come up to work with brands and to write for the magazine. And so I'm really excited to see what comes from it this year. I mean, I've already met amazing women. These women, it's like the stratosphere, like mothers, professional women, young women, older women. It's like the diversity is unbelievable among the women. And I think there was even a, a guy last year. He's not there this year. But I think the past few years, they, even, they had a guy that was one of the ambassadors. But right now, I believe it's all women. And so we've connected online. We've connected in the group. We're supportive of each other. And so far, it's been a great experience. So, And we're having a meetup here in Atlanta um, a lot of them have been to the 2020 Vision Tour. Unfortunately, I was on, well, I loved my cruise, but yeah, so I was on vacation when that tour came here to Atlanta with The Rock, so I didn't get to go. But there were other ambassadors in different cities that ha- were able to go to that. So yeah, it's I didn't get to meet Oprah face-to-face on the cruise last year. A lot of people did, though. She actually made herself very available to people. She was at the pajama party. She was in restaurants. And literally, she like walked right past me one I was able to meet Gail, which she, she was wonderful, very sweet. So I was able to meet her and Lisa Kalen, who's the senior editor, um, editor in chief of the magazine. And so again, that all inspired me to apply. And I'm just really happy and grateful that they saw something in me and asked me to join the group. I think Stay that's too. amazing. That's amazing. And you know, with you being a woman of color who has all of these accolades behind her belt, like you are now the inspiration for other. Oh, thank you. You know, seriously. Because it matters. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we need to start patting ourselves on the back more often to say, I did that. Wow. I'm proud of myself. But at the same time, now I'm in a position and I have a platform that I can help others. Yeah. Because that's the whole point of this is sharing yeah. this care. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And bringing other people. I mean, I still have children who ask me and say, you're the doctor. How are you the doctor? You know, and it like, because I, you know, being in Jamaica for the first 10 years of my life, my doctors were black. So, I mean, that's even been a different experience. And I've gone into schools to speak to students about how to become a doctor and what it's like to be a doctor. And so I'm part of groups also, minority groups, really trying to increase that diversity and rep- representation in medical school. So, yeah, it's that is an amazing thing to me that I can inspire people both ways, both, you know, in medicine and to travel the world and to just, you know, my whole thing is always pursue your dreams. You you know, I really believe you have one life to live and live it the best way you can. And when I first started blogging, I thought it was interesting because my family especially were like, what? We don't get it. Like, you're a doctor. Like, what are you doing? Why? Oh, like, shouldn't you have like a white coat on in some office or something? <laughs> and I was like, so are you only allowed to do one thing in your life? Are you only allowed to pursue like one dream, one passion? Like, if you have the time, the will, why can't you do them all? And I always tell people that and tell women that I'm like, yeah, I'm a physician and I love it and I still plan to practice. But there's other things I also love to do and pursuing them also. And 
you know, like, why not? And so I think my family's finally coming around like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, she's making this work. She's making this work. She's doing a little something, something. So, cause even my husband had, you know, initially, and sometimes still I'm up late at night. I'm a, I work nights at the hospital. So I'm used to staying up all night and that's when I'm most productive. And so he even, you know, when we first started, we've been together uh, seven years. And initially he was like, well, you're not at work. Why are you up? Like, why can't you come to bed? Why can't you do this or that? And I'm like, no, I am working. This is my other job to me. This is my other passion and I'm serious about it. And so I had to also kind of convince him in the beginning that, yeah, it was a hobby, but then it became something I was really passionate about. I wanted to explore all the options. And so, yeah, there's still times I'm up two, three in the morning, even if I'm not at my hospital job, because I'm doing all these other things. But again, when it's something you love, then it doesn't always feel like work. Yeah. And when it becomes like too many deadlines or too many commitments, too many appointments, then I kind of step back. But you said something that was important. It was, you were serious about it. Yes. And that's what people have to understand. You got to be serious about it and you have to commit to it and you have to be consistent with it. Absolutely. and I think that's the important piece. And on top of that is all of this stuff did not happen overnight. No, no, right. Like I said, I started my blog. I started it for real in 2012. Then I moved to Atlanta that year. So I kind of was busy. <laughs> and then I got married in 2015. And so those few years, it was definitely the hobby stage and learning about what blogging was, learning about how to make it successful. And then I would say since like 2016, I definitely have been really committed to it, being consistent with it. And so, yeah, it's not overnight. I think a lot of people, people will message me and be like, oh, I want to quit my job and travel the world for free. How can I do that? Can I make that happen next month? Make oh. that happen next month. <laughs> about that yeah well um you know I get a lot of uh, the traveling for free is the biggest message I get like how can I travel for free I want to start a blog so I can travel for free and I don't even know how to really start those conversations sometimes people don't really realize how much work is involved I was about to say (laughs) yeah it's all a dream you know and the thing about it is one thing that I have felt really passionate about and strongly about lately and I would say over the last year or two is that as an influencer and as a blogger we do have somewhat of a responsibility to share the stories properly right so I feel like because it's been over glorified mm-hmm. and it's like you should just come and do and hey look at, you know and, and that but, but nobody ever really truly shares how they got there yeah yeah or, or what are the nights like when you're crying are, yes <laughs> and, or what it's like when you are there I really try I am not like and I'm not trying to not like fashion travel bloggers in any way but I'm not that person. And I always tell people what you see that I post is real travel. We were in um, Australia at the Great Ocean Road and it was so windy. I could not, I almost lost my phone trying to get a selfie there. I mean, it was just like, my husband lost his hat. Like it was just, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and they're like, like gale force winds, right? Gale, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> how do people get these like beautiful, soft photos out here. And I'm sure the weather's not like that every day, but I actually posted those pictures because I was like, this is what it's like. It is freezing. It is windy. And I'm trying to get a picture to show y'all at least how beautiful the Great Ocean Road is. So I really pride myself on real travel and really sharing with people real experiences and what my, at least what my experience is, because obviously everybody gets, has different experiences, but it's not like a glorified, like everything is pretty and beautiful and it's easy. And, you know, 
no, I, I really try. I am honest in, in what yeah. I should be for. You're not walking on, on a beach with high heels on no. a long, oh flowy The pictures out dress. of Uber were like that. I was like, I know it was hard to walk around in Old Havana on those cobblestones. Cobblestones and high heels? Oh, not a good mix. I, I, I saw nothing but pictures of people, quote unquote, walking through. And again, that's their niche. That's, that's their thing. thing. Yeah. But, no, but it's not real too, travel. And my Cuba post made that very clear as yeah. to like there's toilets and no seats. Yeah. Be prepared, no seats. Francis <laughs> and I went to India and we did some transparent posts about our our experience in India. And it created a huge conversation because a lot of people were like, I love India. And we were like, mm-hmm. And where were you? They were like, oh, I studied yoga. And I'm like, yeah, so you were on a yoga retreat. You know, surrounded by people who bought into this or whatever. We, on the other hand, travel a lot differently. We do a lot of land travel. We do a lot of budget travel in a lot of ways. You know, we do stay at hostels. But in India, we totally were like, we're going four star. You know, four star in India is not four star in America. Four star in India is like two star America. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, totally. Yeah. And I think it's obviously important to share that with people. And I try and pay attention. I haven't been to India yet. And every time I pay attention to like real stories like yours, I'm like, I need to be ready. I know I would need to be ready yeah, because yeah, it's, really be yeah. Tons of research. Yeah, tons yeah. of research. Another level. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. No, yeah. And that is what I, people have to do their research. Like, I know people love all the travel deals that come down and they just book deals and then they get to places like, wait, what? Do your research, know where you're going, know what it's like. Like you said, knowing that you have to book four star there, you know, even though it's not the same as in the U.S. Yeah, all of that stuff is is crucial when you're traveling, for sure, for sure. That's awesome. So let me ask you, what has traveling done for you on a, I would say, you know, spiritual, emotional? Um, yeah. You know, how has that impacted you, the, the whole travel thing? Yeah. So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list, and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. You know, I you always hear these cliche things and I hear people say, well, you learn more about even yourself than other people when you're traveling. That is definitely true. But I, one of the things that has come out of it for me is um, I, I'll say travel breeds tolerance. Mm. And I think the more you learn about other people, the more you learn about other cultures, they're just not as scary. You learn that you have so much in common. You want the same basic things, love, respect. For me, that's been the biggest thing. I've been to, you know, Dubai, I've been to South Africa, I've been to Thailand. And the more I learn about other people, the more I can respect their culture, the more I can, like I said, find that commonality and not feel like so afraid. I think in America, people stay in their little pockets and they don't even go to other states. So people of a different religion, of a different race, like scares them. Like, oh, they're so different. They don't, you know, they don't believe in this or believe in that. And you don't have to believe in the same things to respect each other, you know? That has been the biggest thing for me. I, I thrive on learning about other people and learning about other cultures. That's the biggest thing for me right now. And I really try and spread that once I come back and share that with people so that they're like, oh, okay. 
I didn't know that about that, or I didn't know that about that culture or that country or that place. And just bring it kind of home to people so that they're just not as terrified about that country or terrified about people from that country. Because it can be shocking. I mean, when I, I remember when we were in old Dubai, at first, I was taken aback by how the women were dressed. And I thought, well, are they treated well? Like, how are they treated? And, you know, you start looking into all of that. And, you know, now Saudi Arabia, of course, that's come up since they're opening up for tourists. I don't plan to go there. But you really do need to do the research. But you also need to learn and look at things from another culture and, other, and their perspective and not just from your U.S. perspective. Yeah, you got to be culturally competent. Yes. You gotta be culturally competent. But I must say, the women in Dubai are fierce, okay? Girl, they are some beautiful women. And their face are beat. Like, (laughs) I was like, the makeup in Dubai is serious. And I'm like, how are you not sweating? Not to be right. And it's like flawless. Degrees. Yeah. And you still look flawless. So, you know, because my husband will ask me, we'll book trips to places, and he's like, is that safe? You know, because his parents, they never left the US, you know, like they traveled in the US a little bit, but mainly they were from the South and from Illinois. So talking to maybe his family is a little bit different than my family being immigrants that they studied, you know, in the UK, Canada, the US, they're used to going all over the world and doing whatever they had to do. And so again, I grew up seeing that. So my perspective is a little bit different. But yeah, he'll ask the right questions. But He'll ask, you know, like I was going to Thailand actually with a girlfriend, just the two of us went and he was nervous, you know, and I'm like, no, Thailand's safe. People started telling him, oh my gosh, your wife is going to get kidnapped in Thailand. And have you seen that movie? Have you heard this? And I was like, what are you talking about? the land of smiles, y'all. Everybody loving it. And so he was actually nervous, you know, because he's never been there and people are telling him this. And I just was like, I promise you, I promise you, we will be fine. And we went there for two weeks, the two of us, two women, we were fine, you know? And so for even him, that's opened up his mind more. Do you know what I mean? Other places and that you can't just listen to what people say that have probably never even been to these countries telling you these things. Yeah, that's, that's been a great thing for me in terms of, like I said, I think it breeds tolerance in general. I think for me, sometimes I have to learn to not America bash. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've been gone for three years now. So when I hear people talk about different places, I'm like, dude, you live in America. What's going on? Do you know what's going on in America? Should I be scared to come see you in America? Like, you know, and I kind of throw it back and I'm just like, Nubia, relax. (laughs) Got to come back and align myself and become Zen again because what I've learned being abroad is patience. Yeah, I learned how to be so much more patient with things because the way Americans roll, we're always go, 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 go. You go to these other countries and you're like, hello. Okay, I'll just stay right here and wait. <laughs> it's not like, come on, come on, everything. Yeah, no one's yeah. in a rush. You know, yeah. the store says it opens at nine, you show up at 9.05, the owner ain't even there yet. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, we all learn something different. Francis, what have you learned during your travels abroad? Uh, well, I've learned a lot of things. I want to piggyback off what you said, Nadine, about tolerance. You know, for me, it just builds a lot of empathy, yes. you know, yes. uh, because yes. what you realize is like we're really not that much different when you travel abroad. We still have the same kind of 
struggles, the same kind of fears, self-doubts. So for me, traveling abroad universalized a lot of things that, you know, living in the States and also just slowing down in a culture where you're just go, go, go. And you don't think about, I remember I look back, I'm like, I never really took a vacation, you know, like I worked all year round and now I come back, I'm like, you want me to work 365? What? No, that's not not happening. So I really created a lot of space for me to really understand those things, connect with myself. So, and a lot of people don't have the opportunity, you know, it's a privilege to be able to have those kinds of insights and to take them and reshape your life. Uh, So the vacation thing is crazy to me. I mean, I have colleagues that are like, oh, I didn't use up my vacation. Where should I go in December? They're asking that. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't use up all your, you know, we also get funded to go to medical conferences. So I, I travel to the medical conferences because again, that's another trip. And, and there's people that I work with that are like, oh, we haven't used that money yet. Where should I go? What should I do with it? And I just sit there like, I don't even, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how you could not use your vacation time, not use your conference time or money. But yeah, I think people here too are like, Oh, they have, you know, the house, the two kids, the summer camp, the whole thing. And they have to make enough money to hustle and make all their bills and pay their taxes. And so I get why so many people have to do all that. And they're like doing all these extra jobs and burning out at the end of the night. I think that's just, it's just terrible that that's how it's we're crammed in the U.S. Yeah. just yeah. It's know. absolutely horrible. Yeah. Um, there was a, a blog post that I posted not too long ago. And it said, is America killing you? And when I tell you, the first paragraph had me like, that was my life. It was a great read. I was like, wow, that thing went viral like wildfire because there were so many truths in there. And when I think about my life, yes, I'll make sure I um, send it to you. Yeah. But I remember, and I share this in my story, in my own podcast interview, before I left the States, I was pre-diabetic. Mm. Okay, I was considered clinically obese, you know, being short and having this weight. I hear you, girl. The you short day throws it off. <laughs> <laughs> it does. And I was, I was depressed and I was stressed, mm. you know. And as a mother of two, single mother of two, working full time, going to school part time, mm. I had my own business as well as being an employee. It was just so many stressors going on. So when I got laid off, and I was like, you know, the kids were all. And I was just like, it's time for me to go. I have a picture, like a collage photo of me the week that I left for Thailand and me maybe like six to eight months later. I look like two completely different wow. people. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Travel has given me such more purpose for life mm-hmm. and my health is at its best. Oh, that's awesome. You know? yeah. um, and I don't eat to like, go on diets and all that kind of stuff, but the countries that I'm in just have real oh food. Oh my gosh, yes, yes. My food goes oh. bad like a week before it would typically go bad in the States right. because there aren't any, uh, you know, additives and preservatives. It's like, amazing. you know? Yeah. yeah. On vacation and think like, oh my God, I ate so much, I ate so much, and I'll come back and I've lost weight versus in the U.S. I'm like eating healthy and I'm gaining weight. I mean, yeah, the food, the fresh food. Oh my gosh. That's definitely one of the things I, I was in Iceland in the fall and people kept telling me, do, do you love it? Isn't it? My like, favorite place. It's like on my top three. It, you know, I, that was actually a pace trip. I booked based on a deal. Like, I mean, a deal came up out of New York. Wow, and, out of, 
Um, no, well, that went out of business. So I was, it actually was a Delta deal. And then Delta, the flight back, they changed it to Iceland Air. But it was actually a Delta deal because I usually fly Delta. And a few people had gone and liked it. And I'm not a cold weather person. So I don't usually vacation, you know, going to a cold weather place. Oh my God, I loved it. I love, and people were saying, oh, you're going to love the food. And I'm like, I couldn't picture what the food in Iceland would be like. So amazing. Girl, oh, fresh. Fresh. Yes. Oh my God. And the best potatoes. Yeah. Their potatoes were everything. <laughs> <laughs> so so I am shocked. And I know I'll be back there. I mean, yeah. it's like, well, guess what? This is a plug for me because, you know, now that I'm working with Up in the Air Life, I just curated my first trip to Iceland. So we're doing a five day, four nights to Iceland. Congratulations. So. Oh my God. Yeah. I absolutely, absolutely loved it. I want to go back with my husband. And he was like, really? Iceland? The only thing that kind of sparked his interest was I was sending him like the Game of Thrones set locations from there. And he's like, oh my gosh, that's pretty cool. But so that's also, I don't know. Normally I have a list of places in my mind that I want to go to. So I look up for deals for there. But once in a while, I, I like just being able to just say, you know what? I'm just going to go there because this is a good deal. And people say it's great. And that was one of those places. And I absolutely, absolutely loved it. So yeah. And, and I give you a little secret. What I, the way I got to Macau. I was in Thailand and I needed to do what I called a visa run and leave the country. Oh, yes. So, I think a bunch of expats in Chiang Mai that kept talking about the visa runs. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was I went to Skyscanner and I typed in the airport that I would be leaving from and I put anywhere. Yes. And I just, uh, I, I looked and I was like, what is this place, Macau? The ticket was like 60 bucks round trip. No lie. From, from you know, Chiang Mai. And I was like, I looked it up and it was called the Vegas of China and all these, and I never heard of this place before. And so I bought a ticket to Macau. Like I literally can travel based on deals. I mean, there's many places I want to go, but can I afford it right now? (laughs) Yeah. And for me, it's usually the, the dates. So because I, you know, still work full time, I may have like specific dates. So these are the dates I have available to go to a specific place. But yeah, no, I definitely, I love that. Just being able to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to take a chance. And that was one of those places. And it, it was amazing. It was amazing. So there's a lot of places that my husband and I are like, okay, we want to go together. And then there's places he's not interested in. So then I'll go with my friends. And so it, there's still so many places that I want to get to. It's, it's, I mean, it's endless. It's yeah, endless. It is. It is. <laughs> As we wrap up, Nadine, I just wanted to um, yes. have a final thought with you. So you talked about earlier how, you know, you're being married, but you still go on those solo trips. Mm-hmm. Why are those solo trips important? Yes. And so that is honestly part of my self-care. First of all, what I love about solo travel is you don't have to answer to anyone. I get up when I want. I use the bathroom with the door open. I go to bed when I want, leave the light on. I mean, I can just do whatever I want to do and not have to answer anyone. I could have a tour book and cancel it. You know, there's, there's just no responsibility to anyone but yourself. So that's first of all, what I love about solo travel. I love to have time to just reflect, meditate. I'll read books. I'll go for hikes, go walking. Um, one of my favorite things is actually just being in the car. I'll rent a car maybe have a convertible and just have my music on and then just drive, drive around. around. Yes. 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 And <laughs> I just love it. I really feel like it centers me. It gives me a chance to really think about what's important for me, what my goals are, what my plans are. And then there's just times that I do nothing. Like I said, I might read, watch TV, just drive around. I make my own agenda, my own itinerary. And 
I always feel better and stronger, more relaxed when I come back from my solo trips. So those are still really important to me. And like I said, I do them at least once a year. And it could be going to Nashville. Last year, I did a road trip. I created this trip for myself. I have family in Seattle and Portland. And I was going to a conference in Seattle, a medical conference, actually. And I decided to end my trip with that conference. And I started like eight days before in Portland visiting family. And then I did a, a road trip through wine country, through Oregon and Washington State wine country. And just by myself, I just did the research looked at the places I wanted to visit, rented a car and started at Columbia River Gorge and then just spent that week driving all the way to Seattle and ending with that medical conference. And so that's the kind of stuff that I'll come up with. And then I wrote a blog post on Pacific Northwest road trip for wine lovers. So if you love wine, you're in the Pacific Northwest. This is where you should go. And this is the route that I took. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Because again, like, you know, if I'm with friends, and you usually have a more strict agenda. If I'm with my husband, he's like, Oh, well, I don't want to go to four wineries in a day. Well, I want to go to five. So when I'm by myself, <laughs> I can do those things. Yeah, exactly. And I can sit and speak to the winemakers and really learn about yeah. things. And yeah, so it, it really helps me center myself and get the rest mentally and physically that I need. And it also is a way for me to explore the things that I'm really interested in that I might want to be most interested in. So yeah, so I love it. Yeah. So much, Nadine. This oh, thank you for having me. Oh, oh my gosh. Our listeners will be able to take away so much from this episode oh, and be able to really be empowered, actually, not just inspired, but empowered to be able to take their own decisions and make, you know, the changes that they want in their life instead of making excuses, you yes. know? Yeah. And I think you're a prime example of being multi-passionate. And it's yes. okay. Like you don't have to pigeonhole <laughs> yourself into right. one thing, and it's okay to have multiple passions and work on those projects and enjoy your life. So yeah, yeah. and watch them flourish, right? And watch yeah. them flourish and prosper because you're doing exactly what you love, Absolutely. and that's the most important part. So thank you very much for taking oh, time indeed. out of your multiple <laughs> multiple hats. <laughs> and fitting chronicles abroad and to speak with us we totally appreciate it and best of luck on your future ventures yes i'm excited and i'll be following you ladies as well so thank you i appreciate it thank you for tuning in to chronicles abroad please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms head over to itunes to subscribe rate and leave a review Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.